1: Hey everybody, today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast is presented by Rocket Mortgage. Join Rocket Mortgage in saying thank you to essential workers by posting a video to everyoneknowsahero.com. Everyoneknowsahero.com. All right, let's get to the Wednesday show.
2: The Around the NFL podcast. <laughs> Four men and a baby.
1: <laughs>
3: Welcome
1: <laughs> to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansen. I'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Roosevelt. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I mean, what's go- Wes? You were up because I saw you tweet about it. We're already dealing with a global pandemic, and now we got earthquakes rocking the Southland on top of it. That's enough. We don't need that.
4: I was surprised it was only like a 3.8 on the Richter scale because that was as hard as I've been shaken by an earthquake in five years. Hmm. There were a couple of times when I first moved out to L.A., but, but that was like it woke Keisha out of bed. I it took a while for her to get back. Yeah, my it.
5: house, it felt larger than three because there have been a, a you know a rash of those over the years. But um, it felt like almost double that just in terms of um the violent shake and like little objects, you know, landing on the floor, that kind of nonsense.
6: I missed what was supposedly the big one, the biggest one we've had since we moved here last summer. That's supposed to be a fun one. A lot of pop. And they're all fun. Yeah. Well, we're we're alive. We're just
1: surviving. That's where we're at right now. We're surviving here during the global pandemic. And um oh I have an update as we speak. Uh breaking news. We spoke about it yesterday during the Mark Sessler mock draft. Uh Bob Bates high on Tempel Mims. Was he high on Corey Coleman? He's not checked in on Coleman yet, but he said I did not have to bring up Bryce Petty. That was unnecessary.
4: <laughs> I remember the Corey Coleman conversation.
6: Yeah, I think I think he liked Corey Coleman, but yeah, that was that was on our Twitter show. We talked a little Denzel Mims, who I'm a big fan of, and and we're gonna talk a little. Maybe we'll talk Denzel Mims with Spicy. Maybe he'll be one of the guys that Spice Rack picks a little later. How about that? Spice Rack makes
1: his return. Uh, to the around the NFL podcast. He missed last year's show because of a mysterious scheduling conflict on his side. Um, but we are excited because like we said in our teas earlier this week, we don't know what we're going to get. We could get some of the best draft analysis is uh, in the business. We could get Wes, nothing at all.
4: Well, you, we missed him last year because spicy was basically couch surfing for like some age 36 year, the entire year. It was, it was amazing. he, Spent the night in my house a couple of times. He was, you know, in Hollywood a few times. You never knew where Spice was going to be last year. Mm -hmm.
1: And, of course, Spice Rack is Chris Wessling's, uh, well, erstwhile desert consigliere. And that's one of the things we're going to have to talk to Spicy about. Where he is right now. What is he up to? Is he as plugged into the game as he's been in the past? I imagine he is. Uh, Spicy has always been a big sports fan, monster sports fan. So we'll be uh, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, And before that. We're going to people thought maybe it wasn't going to happen. Well, we were going to forget (laughs) because we've done it in the past. Uh, But we have decided to table uh, our sandwich props for this draft and instead focus on going around the NFC in 32 minutes. So we did the AFC last week. You people like this. Uh, So we are going to deliver the content you deserve, quite frankly. Uh, What do you think is more popular, the AFC or the NFC? What's Like, what has more fans? Nobody ever talks about ass-
4: that. I always assume the NFC because they had the NFC East, which was on TV 73 times a year, regardless of how good the teams mm. were.
6: I feel like the NFC has been better and more intriguing the last seven, eight years. On this show, I mean, we know what's more popular. Because we, I mean, we,
5: we have four or three and a half fan bases in the AFC. Right. I mean, there was a run <laughs> uh, for a certain group of fans a certain age. There was a run where the NFC... Won the Super Bowl like 13 times in a row and it was the same four or five powerhouses, which really kind of changed television because the Niners, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Giants became like those prime times fixtures. But I've always been much more interested in the AFC and it's not I don't know if it's just a Browns thing, but for some reason they have a very different feel and I've always been an AFC sure. guy.
1: Well, here's the good news. We're going to decide it right here because we're going to check the numbers. We're going to check the metrics and whatever show does better. We'll decide which conference is more popular. Uh, My three year old just walked by the garage door completely nude. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's um, getting warmer here in the Southland. warmer here in the Southland. We're really <laughs> hitting Southland hard. All right. You know the rules. Uh, every team we hit, we go through all four divisions. We split it up. Each of us do a team for each division. Two minutes on the nose. No messing around. No funny business, everybody um and uh, we'll keep on moving and then uh once we finish up the NFC West you will have a clear picture of where these teams are ahead of tomorrow's draft. Oh my god, the draft is tomorrow. All right, you ready to get into it? Please. All Let's right. do it. Ricky, hit it. We're starting with Greg Rosenthal Ooh.
6: and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm always like leading off just like inspect the deck cuz you know I'm going to bring the heat. Uh Philadelphia, is it as simple with their first round <laughs> pick uh i clearly wasn't ready uh (laughs) as drafting wide receiver because i mean that really is their main need it's a good looking roster maybe they need an off the ball linebacker but it's such a good receiver class we've talked about it whether it's justin jefferson or denzel mims there or t higgins or whoever they should have a pretty good option the one thing i'm keeping an eye on though is whether they make a bigger move whether it's Trent Williams or Odell Beckham or some sort of veteran move, or maybe it's Clowney after the draft. They they have a lot of cap space, and it just feels like Howie Roseman, whether it's a trade up, a trade down, they would be one of the teams I would look at this week that could make a big splash.
4: Well, I think we know they need the speed on their offense. The linebacker thing, they have always seemed like, to me, one of those – Teams that expects and that respects analytics so much that they've decided linebacker is not a position they need to pour resources into. They can find linebackers anywhere. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a number
5: of mock drafts have them going linebacker, but I'm with Greg. I feel like Howie Roseman uh, and the Eagles in their current incarnation are somewhat allergic to uh, being quiet in the draft. They always seem to be up to something and not afraid of, um, you know, the no risk it no biscuit. Philosophy. I mean, they've done it over and over, and I, I, I kind of could see them moving up or, uh, or targeting a wide if They fell in love with one, but I, mean Deshaun Jackson to me felt like a one-year project last year. Um, I don't mm. know what they can plan to get out of him at this. Point and he's the their moment. only
6: good healthy player. I mean, outside right. Jeffrey is so hurt right now. You know, coming off such a major injury, they don't know if they're going to have him or when they'll have him in 2020. It's a real I, need. I like a GM Ten,
3: that nine, is not afraid eight,
6: to seven, trade.
1: It shows confidence, right? Five. Some of these guys. Are oh, just yeah. Hands then, yeah.
3: Three, two, one, zero.
1: Good start. <laughs> Look how we landed that aircraft. That was smooth. old Zeuser is going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they have the 17th overall pick in the first round. Um, you know, Jerry, G- Jerry Jones seemed to downplay any interest in the Cowboys trading for Jamal Adams. He called the move this week highly unlikely and he went on to say that draft pick values are heightened because all the teams in the league want to use that pick on a player for now in the future that is salary cap friendly. Hmm. And I get all that, but my question to you guys uh, is is getting a young potential long-term starter at a reduced rate. That's great. But how many first round picks actually turn out that way? And do you think team builders get caught up in the best-case scenario and ignore the reality that you might actually be better off giving up that dreamer pick if it means acquiring a proven, albeit expensive star, like a
6: Jamal Adams? Hmm. I think you're right. I think it's a good question. I think some teams, like the Rams would be my primary example, uh, think like you do, uh, Dan, that they'd rather do it, give up their picks on veterans. That's why they haven't taken a first-round pick in five years. That's why they gave up this pick for Jalen Ramsey.
5: Does seem like the Cowboys can't get out of um, the continual cycle of having to drop a massive contract on a proven veteran on their own roster. Uh, so that might be a consideration. Mm. But doesn't it feel like a Jerry Jones move to go get a Jamal Adams? And frankly, uh, if I were rooting for any team that had the 17th pick and someone said, you know, you can take a risk on whoever you get or you get Jamal Adams, I know, in a hot New doesn't, York minute, I would go Jamal Adams.
1: Like the 17th pick kind of perfect, too, for perfect. a safety yeah. West? Doesn't yes. it feel like a nice trade? Jets get a mid-round first and the Cowboys get an all-pro safety?
4: Yeah, I I think to answer your original question, teams overvalue first-round picks from about pick 13 through 32. Hmm. Um, And then they overvalue fourth through seventh-round picks. And I know why they do, because they can find special teamers cheaply. You can find maybe a a spot starter cheaply. But they they overvalue those picks. And the cap
1: stuff that you mentioned, Mark, that is important. So much money tied up. In those big three.
4: All right, moving on. Chris Wessling, the G-man. <laughs> well, we've heard Dave Gettleman say in recent drafts, he's got a top five pick. He's looking for an automatic surefire Hall of Famer. And to me, that which one of those offensive tackles is the surefire Hall of Famer? I think Makai Becton is, is the most interesting one because we read through Bob Ginn and other people that he has – the highest ceiling. He's a monster of a guy who can like reverse dunk a basketball. So the athleticism is there. Um, I wonder now we're hearing the Dolphins might trade in front of them. Who do the Dolphins think the Giants are going to snag there at tackle? Mm.
6: Well, that's assuming, you know, that they really are looking for a tackle, the Dolphins, if they did trade up. And, and that's what there's a couple of reports, I think, including for me and out there that says so. I don't know. Tristan Wirfs is like the athletic guy. He, re- he kind of reminds me just, you know, hearing his profile to Nate Solder, who was he was incredibly athletic and, and got drafted a little earlier than than people thought. And they still have on their roster. It doesn't doesn't get me excited. But if you're a giant, if you're Dave Gettleman, they don't re- there's not really any pass rushers that you would want to take that high. It doesn't seem like the, the ne- this draft lines up well with what they actually need.
5: I wonder if the Giants would ever still be in play for Clowney just because they had been linked to him before if they don't get that kind of a player in the draft. Um, I, you know, Gettleman to me, it feels like a lock and load. He's going to take someone along one of the lines. I, and and I, I, it's interesting to me if they've come to a consensus, consensus on the lineman because every mock you see is a different tackle at the top of the list. Well,
1: that's what McGinn said to us that he can't remember a draft where. The top guys on the line are, are seemingly interchangeable depending on who you talk to, which if I'm a if I'm a Giants fan or I'm the Giants, I'm like, damn it, it has to be this draft. We wish we had the, you know, Joe Thomas locked and loaded, but they're going to have to make a decision. It's not going to be an easy. One.
6: Well, I think they could take Jeff Okuda. The, no one's no one's. That seems like them, them, a safe it, it seems like they, they certainly have a need at Nine, cornerback. They have a need eight, at basically every seven, defensive position six, except for run stopping five, defensive linemen. and four, that's what's at the top three, of this draft.
5: We're like the twelfth here in a row. One, zero.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Mark close out the NFC
1: East with the Redskins.
5: Well, I don't like the Washington's first move in the draft could be losing. Um, one of the best left tackles in football and Trent Williams. And it just seems like that's, you know, the cycle of bad teams not being able to hold on to, uh, you know, star power. And their quarterback to me is a question mark in an offense that looked like a pop warner operation from 1953 last season. Uh, only five (laughs) teams allowed more points. No team scored fewer points than the Redskins in 2019. Um, This is a, like I mentioned before, a super proud, once proud franchise. Um, I think Ron Rivera brings a dose of sanity. And, you know, realistically, this team needs um, a star to market around, but to just legit build around the roster around. And, you know, they've had an okay, okay moments on defense here and there, but guys are coming gone. And I think that, you know, it's Chase Young or nothing else. The only... Argument, and I'm not trying to, um, you know, trigger Wes here, but you know, there's so many needs (laughs) on this roster that if someone offered an insane blockbuster deal for that number two pick, it's something that I would think about if I were the Redskins, just because you need to build in multiple ways. But am I crazy to pass up on Chase Young if I'm Ron Rivera?
4: I think you're crazy. I I think you take Chase Young, and my Problem with that report was not that the Redskins shouldn't think about it. I mean, that's exactly what they should do—is field huge offers. But that's not news to mm. me. I don't know. I just think that's what all teams with the number two pick do.
6: I don't think their roster is quite as terrible as people think. I mean, the defensive line's pretty is pretty good. If you add Chase Young, it's on paper one of the best defensive lines in football. You got old Jack Del Rio, by the way, back in the I feel like we have not mentioned Jack Del Rio's uh, name and in about four years in this podcast, uh, Ten, and he is their defensive nine, coordinator. You eight, drafted Terry McLaurin, seven, who, you know, a Rookie six, of the Year candidate nine, last year. Like, it's four, it's not the worst team. Three,
3: two, I'm
6: happy to have Jack back. One, yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly.
1: KBR. Let's move to the NFC Norris division. Greg, the Detroit Lions. Be nice. Oh, Be nice.
6: I mean, what's there to be, hey, all right, what's there to be nice about? it? They are like a zip-up sweater of a football team. That's what they wow. are. Just a right. generic, you know, it's like $35. Not a promising start. Put it on. You know, Bob Quinn, their general manager, if you go back and look at his drafts, it's a lot of singles. Like, it, it, they haven't been that bad. There's certainly teams that have drafted worse than them, but his best draft pick, I think, since he took over four years ago, because he was there before Patricia, is probably Kenny DeGalladay. That is that's like mm. a lot of singles, maybe a double there with Galladay. They need some home runs, and whether it's taking the number three pick and it's Acuda or trading back, and we're hearing that that could certainly happen. Like you need big time playmakers because they just don't have it. They're 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 just a a, a very vanilla roster.
4: That's interesting. How would you but, feel if they were the team that traded up with the Redskins and got Chase Young?
6: Right, I think that could make some sense like they need someone that makes a difference. They have five former Patriots starting on their defense right now. And other than Trey flowers, like you probably missed the the best of those, those guys, maybe Justin Coleman too, but it's like, I don't know where, where are you going with that? And a bunch of like safe
5: picks. I think you gotta go for a home run. Should they have ever questioned the quarterback situation? I like Matthew Stafford. I'm not saying that they need to make a move there, but What if they take Tua? Suddenly the Lions have a total identity, and it's not Matthew (laughs) Stafford's fault, but the team seems completely identity-free to me.
1: I'm pointing to the same thing, Wes. You had said, I think, in our conversation with Peter Schrager, like trading away Darius Slay and then drafting Jeff Akuda. It's like, uh, yes, you're gaining cap relief, but are you getting better? Same thing, maybe Tua is a generational talent, but... How much better are you going to get than Matthew Stafford? A a team that has holes, isn't it better off plugging them elsewhere?
6: And Stafford played really well with Bevel, the the new coordinator, last year when he was healthy.
1: The Chicago Bears, no first-round pick. They have the number 43 pick from the Raiders in the MAC trade. They have the 50th pick in the second round. They're going to have to hit on those guys, those two picks, because there are more issues here than just QB, which is the soap opera everybody uh, lingers on. Last year it was all about the kicker. This year it's all about the <laughs> quarterback uh, with Trubisky and Foles. Uh, starting the secondary, Prince of Mukamara uh, cut. They let Haha Clinton Dix walk. Um, as of now, that's a ton of snaps in their secondary that have not been plugged uh, as far as I could tell. Um, and, you know, and lost in all the Mitch Trubisky stinks talk is that this offensive line was not good last year. It was ranked according to PFF. Uh, 25th in the league, and I guess it's on Ryan Pace and the people inside that organization to decide how much of the line's decline was connected to the quarterback and the habits of Trubisky and Chase Daniel and how much was maybe just a, a downtrend. Um, and they need more weapons. The the Trey Burton out Jimmy Graham in thing, that does nothing. And, you know, <laughs> quietly, Allen Robinson had a, a nice season
6: last year, but they need, they need more for whoever's quarterback. They yeah, have three second-round picks, uh, which, which makes them someone to watch. They have no first-round pick because of, of Khalil Mack.
4: Tariq Cohen coming off a bad season. Anthony Miller has been so banged up since they drafted him. And Jimmy Graham hasn't made a play in three years. It's tough to know what they have outside of Allen Robinson on offense.
5: Mm. Or, or what Matt Nagy's offense is because I feel like, if anything, the Bears are floating away from uh, any sort of signifying mark of who they are. And I'm not sure the Khalil Mack deal – ultimately was worth it on any level. And it's, uh, you know, Ryan Pace has, um, in my opinion, made some incredibly questionable moves. Um, He's lucky to be attached to an organization that moves at a snail's pace when it comes to refurbishing the front office. It's a big year for Mac. He's paid
1: like a monster. They gave up so much, and he was quiet last year. They would need him to be a super-duper star. Uh, Moving on, the Vikings, Chris Wessling.
4: Well, they've got two first-round picks uh, after picking up the Bills uh selection in the stefan diggs trade i I thought they might be a team that could trade up but i think rick spielman likes his early picks because he's good at it he he's one of the best drafters in the first and second rounds i think you look for a wide receiver like justin jefferson with that first pick and then uh it gets interesting with that second first round pick because they need help in the secondary and they've got some connections here. They get, Trayvon Diggs is one of the better cornerbacks, Stefan's brother, who they traded away, and Antoine Wingfield at safety, who I think is, is screaming up some draft boards. People really like him. Even though he's undersized, he hits like his dad. So some mm. names to watch with Vikings connections.
5: Pretty amazing if um the brother of Stefan Diggs was suddenly brought into the Vikings. I wonder how that would work Um, from a, what is the first phone call between Stefan and his brother if that happens.
4: Yeah, Just, I think uh, his mom was quoted as saying that would be awkward if he was drafted by the Vikings. Just like stay away from uh, Zimmer. It's really weird to Off look at the, the Vikings
6: and and think, I think they're in really in good shape on offense. Yeah, they need another receiver, and I'm sure they'd like to improve their offensive line, but I feel like they they feel better about their offense right now um, Than some of their positions on defense, especially in the secondary, it's just it, it's the it's a total transition year for the Vikings. And to their credit, like as you mentioned, Spielman's pretty underrated in terms of his drafting, his team building, and he needs some home runs because they did a great job drafting for a long time, and they haven't had as many hits. I would say the last three years or so. Offense is kind of hard to figure out because
1: they were great in stretches last year, and then they would disappear. Uh, every once in a while in the back end of the season. But, I yeah, I, I don't think that is their biggest concern uh, by far. It would be good to find a Diggs replacement, though.
6: Hughes and they're, you, they're used to having, like, multiple Nine, awesome eight, defensive seven, ends. And maybe they'll six, bring back Everson Griffin five, or maybe they'll draft four, one. But this is the first time three, in a long time that that's two, not the, the case. One, zero. Mark Zestler, your favorite, the Green Bay Packers.
5: I just don't. I don't. You know, this is the one where I I, I refuse to overthink it. Um, and and maybe their front office is, is is going in a completely different direction. But I look at this roster, and I just feel like you were thirteen and three. Um, but a little bit of a soft thirteen and three. Uh, you got to make this all about a final push. Um, a final kind of chunky area era for Aaron Rodgers. And I, I'm just not buying the idea that Devin Funchess is your primary starter <laughs> across from Devonte Adams. Um. You know, it's not just there. I look at their tight end position. You've got 35 year old uh, Mercedes Lewis. You've got Jay Sternberger, and you've got nothing in the draft tight end. So the talent around Rodgers, and I get that Bob McGinn um, wouldn't point to that first after our talk with him. I think it's suspect. And I think there's an argument that they need to add weapons there. And for me, uh, they're, they're picking 30th, and I realize that it's a deep wide receiver draft. And the new thing seems to be like, don't trade up for a wide out, kind of stay where you are. And maybe, you know what? That's fine. Maybe that works. But I, part of me just thinks that Green Bay um, needs to make an aggressive mood. This this is your Super Bowl window. You've got to win this division and not lose in the NFC title game for the 18th time. And going up and getting one of the primary one or two wideouts that everyone consensus believes in um, is what I would do and what I think you could galvanize the fan base with. Who thinks that idea sucks? <laughs>
1: I Devin Funches... I'm just looking at his numbers. I know last year was a disaster. He got hurt and barely played. I wonder if he is like a potential sneaky producer next year. I wonder if he has a shot.
4: I like that call, but what they really need is an explosive, fast playmaker. Devontae Adams is an awesome route runner, great body control, not the fastest wide receiver in the league. Funches is big and not fast. Their tight ends are not fast. They need an explosive guy.
6: I like that Dan, you know, he made who takes each team. I I see what you're doing, Dan. You're giving Sessler the Packers just because you think he's going to bury them. Actually, no. If you look at it, let's
1: (laughs) take a brief pause just to let you guys know there was strategy to it. You both got everyone got two first place teams and two last place teams, and it was not done Uh uh, at all according to like who you guys connect with as Heat.
6: Okay. Look at
5: that! That's a, it's a that's an interesting and a, and a crafty strategy by our host. <laughs> all right, leadership. back.
6: back. Well, I would have given Mark the Packers just to see. Yeah, it. that was just. I a mean, happy it checks accident. that
5: box too. So,
1: <laughs> all right, let's move on to the NFC South, starting with the Saints.
6: Greg, you boys. I I don't know who I heard say that it, but boy, I agree that the Saints have uh, the best roster in the NFL. And yeah, you could there, there's a lot of positions you could go. I mean, cornerback. Um, you could add another receiver and there should be a good one on the board at 24. Uh, but because there's linebackers, certainly because there's not like a total screaming need, and because Sean Payton and the Saints were so connected to Mahomes a few years ago, that more than any other team. I do wonder if Jordan Love is sitting there at 24. Are they the team to take a swing? Because. I don't think Love has nearly the profile Mahomes did coming into the draft, but he certainly looks more like him and just has the athleticism and the excitement every time he touches the ball. And he is a guy I think Sean Payton could look at. And yes, you have Taysom Hill there now, and it's not a need, but he could look at as a guy that if we put him in our system and I get to groom him, that seems like a potential landing spot for for Jordan Love.
5: I love that. And I also think the Saints would not, would Uh. not be out of bounds for the Saints to trade up For love, if they felt like Mm. you know, that's what happened to them with Mahomes a little bit. There was a lot of interest, and someone jumped in and took them. And I think that if that was in their plans and in their thinking when Mahomes was drafted, certainly quarterback has to be a target no matter what they think of Taysom Hill. You know, why not? Happen to Taysom Hill is the next Steve Young. We're bailing already. I don't think we're bailing on it. It's just that you know, it's that is something that is a experiment to TBD. I love Taysom Hill.
4: Yeah, I mean, everything they've said publicly and privately is. He's the successor. They love him, um, and I think it's noteworthy that for the past however many years, five years, we've been hearing they're looking, they're they're getting first round quarterbacks in that building. They want to draft a quarterback. I haven't heard that much of that this year.
1: Put it this way: That's if true. if they take a quarterback Ten, in the first round five, after letting Teddy Bridgewater eight, start seven, the five games six, last year, five, I need everything. Four, I have everything I need to know three, about how they view two, him. Well, exactly, and they've correctly scouted him. I think. Uh, moving on. Oh, speaking of the Saints, let's stop down quickly just because it's kind of an interesting nugget that, uh, Sean Payton told players Wednesday will, they will not have any type of offseason program this spring, virtual or otherwise. This is the quote from Payton. Take care of your families, your health, and be ready this summer. Mm. Uh, completely wipes it out. He had a, he had a tweet with a, I, I believe it's a Game of Thrones ref of, kind of mocking the setup of what the virtual meetings are like with all the players and coaching staff. I wonder if this is going to be Peyton's an influential guy, um, a domino where a lot of teams are like, this is stupid. Like we, I know what we're trying to do here and stay in touch with the players and start installing some, Layer of what the 2020 game plan is, but maybe mm-hmm. we're better off just clearing the decks and waiting for everything to settle.
5: Well, I would add that that does need to go through some channels in terms of the, the league and the NFLPA and how they want that stuff to be handled. Um, that came from our newsroom uh, on some level. But uh, secondly, that that's that's maybe more of a luxury for a team like the Saints where the coach, the quarterback, and many of the players are embedded and know each other well. That's not a luxury, a first-year coach, Matt Rule's not going to approach things that way. I can guarantee you. It's I really, guess I
1: wonder what rule does Rule or any of these first year coaches really think a lot's going to be accomplished in this? I guess they're going to be communicating find
5: out. with players you've never met. I would think it would, it would you'd want to establish some um, idea of who you are as a coach with as many players as you could. That would be my approach if I were a first year coach.
6: I, I was stunned to see this because you just don't see NFL coaches give up control like that. That they're saying, okay, we could be. We could have you two hours a day for a month and a half, but we're going to say no. We're going to trust you to show up to camp. You just don't see them giving up control, and this is a different time, obviously. I think New Orleans is one of the hardest-hit cities, too. I think maybe that's a factor because a lot of the players live around there. Sean Payton had coronavirus, so maybe it's hitting him a little bit. There's a lot going on, and to your point, Mark, it's a veteran team, uh, so it's not the same, but I... I can't remember coaches doing anything like this. I, I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if other teams uh, took the same approach. I mean, he's not doing this, if he thought
1: it would hurt the team, so yeah, he must not think they're get. You know, it's something they're going to. Here's get the next level run. move, though.
5: You do that, you say that, then you create a trend around the league where others are saying, "You know what? The Saints are smart. We're going to do the same thing." Then the Saints secretly are meeting for <laughs> two hours a day, Ooh. and they are getting that little bit of a Saints edge. That's good.
1: That's like our- a. <laughs> That's kind of that's yeah, two points for you, Mark. A little a new pink pony operation, perhaps in a way, maybe. All right, possible. Let's get back into it. Oh yeah, NFC South, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, start the clock, Ricky. Fix this defense. That is the that's the goal here. And Thomas Dimitrov. I mean, let's yeah, calm down with that. This guy is he he's he's aggressive. He has engineered seventeen draft day deals and five trade ups up or down the first round uh, since joining the Falcons as the general manager or or being named the general manager. So everyone is connecting the Falcons to moving up, and um, it makes sense because they have a guy that likes to do it. Quarterback is a huge need here. Desmond Trufant uh, was released, went to the Lions. So they are a guy uh, that they are a team that is connected to Jeff Okuda, CJ H- Henderson from Florida, but both these guys are expected to be gone at 16. Hence, everyone connecting the Saints with moving up to mm. get one of those dudes. Don't be surprised if it happens.
6: Yeah, Vic Beasley's gone, um, Trufant's gone, Devonta Freeman's gone. A, l- a lot of um, uh, Devondre Campbell's gone. A lot of the better picks Dimitrov's had and kind of who you associate with the Falcons are gone, and and they they need. I mean, I say you can say this about a lot of teams, but. Dimitrov needs a lot of hits in this uh draft too because he he was on a hot streak, and that's kind of slowed down the last three years.
4: are they ever going to have a hard hitting tough defense that stops people i mean it's not that's what they the do question. i mean they need they need a linebacker they need some help on the defensive line in addition to cornerback, and they need to finally just change their mentality stop people. Mm.
5: I, you know, when, when we saw them beat the Rams in that playoff game, that was the one month or two where I thought that defense really. And you know, coming down the stretch of the Super Bowl year, but that when they knocked off the Rams in that playoff game, they, that defense started to look like it was finally turning the corner, and then the wheels come off. Ten.
6: You, you nine, raise an interesting point, Wes, because it's almost seven, like the vision they've six, had under five, Dan Quinn four, hasn't worked. Three. You know, on defense, two, it just hasn't. One, Since we've been covering
4: zero. football, it's been this with the defense.
1: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everybody's excited about the Bucks. How about you, Chris Wessling? What's going on there?
4: Well, they've got a couple of issues, but when I look at this team and you look at the style with which Tom Brady plays quarterback, you need a third down back and i wonder if in the second round a guy like clyde edwards hilaire is there um from lsu seems like a perfect guy but then you also think would would brady prefer a veteran in that role um so if they pick up a, a really good third down back in trent williams uh in this draft i think that's that's what a veteran team like the bucks needs
5: hmm. and they talked about a deal you know that almost came into fruition where the bucks send we're going to send OJ Howard to Washington and Washington was going to send Trent Williams back. So it's definitely on the radar. Hmm. I, there's, there's a
6: lot of backs in this draft, I think in the second or third round that, that can catch passes that they would, that they would love to take. Cam Akers is a guy I, I've watched and I really liked, he was on kind of in a terrible situation at Florida state, but he has that quickness uh and he has some receiving ability that you love to see. And those guys, Tend to translate pretty well to the to the pros. Trent Williams
1: makes so much sense for them, right? I the think win- so. The window is open for a short time with Brady. Obviously, bringing Gronk now, this team
6: is looking to win right now. Get a thirty-one-year-old left tackle with huge upside. No, kind of makes sense. I guess where do you you put Donovan Smith maybe on the right side? Then, I mean, they have one tackle. They, they I mean, their roster, it kind of does remind me of the Browns because on paper, the roster looks great. I know it doesn't normally work out that way, but on paper, it really does look pretty darn good. I take
5: Donovan Smith and make him your pass catching back. <laughs> He's a veteran. Big body pass catching box. back.
1: I remember a couple summers ago when the Bucks were on hard knocks and we were kind of having the same conversation
6: about them. Well, on Ten. paper, this team looks pretty good. Eight, got it, a chance, it, it, seven, and the difference is they six, can get excited about five, their secondary. A lot four, of young players that they three, liked how they played two, under my boy Todd Bowles. Zero. <laughs> I like how he's your boy well, that's fine. You've been supporting
1: him. That's fair. The Carolina Panthers, Mark Sessler.
5: I feel like genuinely interested in the Panthers for the first time in a while, just because I kind of like reclamation mm-hmm. projects. Um, Matt rule was nice enough to come up and say hi to us at the combine. That has awesome. more coaches should realize that has um, a major impact on you. You think we're uh, ever going to attack Matt
1: rule after that happened?
5: I also think he's just an interesting coach. I mean, based on everyone that's worked with him, loves him, but you've downgraded a quarterback. I'd say um, you've lost a hall of fame, worthy talent and linebacker and Luke Kuechly. Uh, you know, you're basically looking to, in theory, under Matt Rule, re- rebuild the roster from A to Z. And I think one name that keeps sort of coming up um, paired with Carolina is Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker, uh, who is, you know, an uber-athlete but may need to certain type of defense to fit in or you have to build the defense around him. Um, I also think that, you know, if Jeff Okuda ever slid down to them at number seven, that's a big that's a big guy to consider. James Bradbury's gone. I mean, I think you start on defense. My one question would be, and I get that Teddy Bridgewater, you know, to some people is great and probably your lock and load guy. But <laughs> You're what talking if you know, specifically at
6: Greg? At no, I'm just saying. But I mean, two, like no one, no ever, one has no. tried to make Teddy into like a world beater.
5: I just don't buy. I don't buy Teddy as like the There's one stat that rebuilding. jumps out to
6: me is problematic.
5: I don't buy him as a rebuilding quarterback that you build around. So if two ever fell to you, is, does Matt Rule um, hasten yeah. this rebuild quickly by saying, all right, we've got now two good quarterbacks?
6: I think that makes a lot of sense. They, they're they a team no one's really uh, talked about that much. <laughs> Dan is showing me a piece of paper that says 6.0, which is what, Dan? That is uh, Teddy Bridgewater averaging less than six air yards per attempt with the um, Saints last season. You, you know, you know who didn't average many air yards per attempt last year? Like Drew Brees. You can you can win some football games. Yeah. But, by the way, uh, Teddy Bridgewater physically throw it more Teddy than Bridgewater's career record is like twenty-four and eleven. Put some respect on his face.
3: Ten, nine.
6: I just, that's eight, data, bro. Seven. I mean, I'm not my, my son, feelings five, on that. Walker, four, my son, walked up to me three, during that and said, two, "Do you say Todd one, Bowles is my boy?" Zero.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all
1: right, and Mark, good luck to you. I know the Panthers; you're very excited about them. Uh, moving on to the NFC West to close things out. Greg Rosen. slightly condescending. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals.
6: <laughs> all right, the Arizona Cardinals has Steve Keim drafting number eight with maybe the worst track record of first round picks until Kyler Murray uh, in the entire NFL. Josh Rosen bust. Hassan Reddick, looking like a bust. Bust. Kim D J bust. Hmm. Uh, Buchanan, Dion Buchanan and DJ Humphreys, we'll give you singles and doubles for that, something like that. And then Jonathan Cooper was in there. It was a massive bust. Um, number eight, he could go in any direction. Like You, you would think defensive line would make sense, and... and there's guys that would be worth it at the top of our draft. As, what just uh, happened? Walker next, crashes. Next in. kitchen
5: just started. Uh, yeah, Walker. He, no, he
6: crashed into some um, right, magnet tiles, I believe. <laughs> and uh, the magnetiles tiles are, are worse for wear. I don't know. They could still take a receiver is where I was going. You know, like it, if they think the value is there to just go crazy and have an unbelievable offense and receiver, like I wouldn't fault them at all because the, the – Defensive linemen at the top of the draft don't get me as excited because they're all they're all supposed to be better stopping the run than rushing the passer. That doesn't get me that excited.
1: And we love Fitz, but he's year to year at this stage of his career. And if this is truly an excellent wide receiver draft class, if you love a guy, go get him.
4: I don't know. I, I think they're going defense. That's where I would look. If Derek Brown's there, wouldn't they just gobble him up? He, um, he's- they're Isaiah one of the worst Emmett defensive lines.
6: Like, their defense on paper needs a lot of work. And, you know, on the field, too. They they struggled pretty badly last
5: year. I had Derrick Brown going to them in my mock, so case closed.
6: Nice.
5: <laughs> but a nice left tackle wouldn't hurt or <laughs> linemen in general, please.
6: I don't know. Like, when you hear, I guess with Derrick Brown, like – he sounds a little coming out like Star. Maybe not. Maybe that's unfair. Star Lotzlele. But those guys he's much
4: bigger than Star. Maybe
6: quitting Williams even a little bit. Nine, it's like, well, eventually eight, maybe he's going to develop into a pass rusher. And five, to me, that is the NFL. Four, is you need three, pass rushers from the interior.
3: Two, one, zero.
1: The Rams' their situation reminds me a lot of the 2017 Saints, a former contender that needs a big draft to restock the cabinet get the organization back on track. Uh, But there are problems there because, of course, first of all, finding the 2020 equivalent of Marcus Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, and Alvin Kamara, easier said than done. That task becomes damn near impossible when you don't have a first-round pick like the Rams. So the the Rams are in a really tough spot. It kind of screams transition year to me. Uh, But, of course, management's not going to look at it that way. They want to contend this year. And if they're going to get better, they have two second-round picks at fifty-two and fifty-seven. They got to put some focus on that offensive line because Todd Gurley shipped out of town, um, gave up on the franchise star. Uh, but how about the fact that well-respected places like PFF ranked the Rams thirty-first in offensive line rankings, mm. uh, which was a huge fall off from their Super Bowl season in twenty eighteen. Um, so they got to invest in that. I know they brought back Andrew Whitworth, but he's old and they got to get some fresh talent in there. Jared Goff needs a big year uh, and get some hogs up front and hopefully hit on a couple of these guys. It's going to take time to get the Rams back on track, uh, but pressure on less need in the second round here. Mm.
4: What uh few draft picks they've had the last couple of years, third, fourth, fifth round they've been using on offensive tackles. And I think the jury's still out. Nobody really knows if those guys can play. They were really high on Joseph Noteboom, and he was graded terribly by PFF last year before he got injured. So I think you're right. That's still an issue because nobody really knows what they have there. Well, they like Josh
6: Reynolds. They say trading Brandon Cooks was a vote of confidence. They do have some things. I mean, they have Woods, Coop, uh, Cup, they have uh, Sean McVay calling plays. And they have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best players at their respective positions. But you're right. There's more needs here. And I think offensive line interior is, is certainly one. But just playmakers in general, Ten, whether it's running back, tight end, nine, anything. They, eight, they need A lot of needs, Seven, not a lot of money, six, and not a lot of picks five, right now. So they're four, just kind of a bit three, in, a, in a bind here.
3: Two, one, Good luck. Zero.
4: <laughs> now, building might not open on time now. Wes, the Seahawks. I feel like all throughout January and February, we kept hearing from insiders, you know, if you're looking for a team to really surprise in free agency to go guns blazing all out, who oh boy, those Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I mean, Brandon Shell and Benson Mayoa aren't really doing it for me. I'm not really impressed with what they've mm. done in their offseason so far. Uh, maybe, maybe they're the team that goes after Yannick and Gakwe. Uh They... They have a guy who trades as much as anybody on draft day and John Schneider. So I wouldn't mm. look there and then maybe I still don't trust the uh, tackle situation outside of Dwayne Brown. So, Maybe you go Austin Jackson late. Like, what are you laughing at, Dan?
1: Uh, we're going to pause because I want Wes to have his full two minutes. But on the subreddit, which check it out and around the NFL, there's an entire thread right now dedicated to Greg going, mmm, mm. after certain things are said. Hell yeah is. A lot uh, of people
5: like it, though. Nice. No, a lot of people, it's, like not, not, it's, it's, not, it's not really
1: being criticized. It's more just like a, mm. a study in when Greg does it. <laughs> Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And now I can't unhear it. Although I've always it's always been in the back of my mind. But I guess after
6: seeing that thread right now, it's in the front of my mind. I mean, Michael Barbaro of The Daily. I don't know if you guys listen. He, he stole it from me. He's a big ummer. And that <laughs> mm was essentially saying Mark Sessler had that very trade uh, in Gakwe to the Seahawks in his mock draft.
4: Well, that's right. where it was planted in my mind.
6: Wes, you're back on the clock. You have
4: 85 seconds. Well, I was done. I just want the Seahawks to make some moves. <laughs> they kind of came with better.
5: N'Gakwe because they do have those two second rounders. And I, well, I, tell me if I had this wrong, but I think I read that Schneider has traded down, at least with one of their picks, out of the first round eight times. And so you could get another you know, draft pick as ammunition to go get Nagakwe, and then it solves your clowny situation. I'm with you. They are wheelers and dealers, and I don't think that they're going to make it anything less than an exciting Seahawks draft in one way or another.
6: See, this is why I never look at the, um, the subreddit, never have. Because now that you told me that, I don't, I don't want to know that. Now it's going to change how I am. I I'm, I'm in favor I'm, of that. Now, it. if I'm doing it, I'm leaning into it, and instead, I'll prop, my, more of my nature is I'm going to pull back and not do it as much. I don't think I don't mean, think, I'll think, I'll I don't think that's the way to look at it.
1: Uh, I mean, there's there's a whole breakdown of of the inflection of your voice and where you come from and certain words that you say. It's a really kind of fascinating look into how people hear you,
5: and that sometimes it's a positive that you've heard something you like, and that sometimes you've heard something that you um, dismiss yeah. entirely. Could Horian. be either way. Orion scattered. Wrote, Seahawks I, know, chatter.
1: I noticed a few Five, years ago, one of these four, things you can never unhear, but I enjoy it. Two, LOL and really one. reveals who he's vibing with on any particular episode based on who he's doing it at the
3: most.
1: Oh, see, I don't I want love to be, hear you be looking too deeply it. into that. I don't one. want to hear that. Uh, okay. Uh, where are we at? We're getting, we're getting near the end here. This is actually the end. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, Mark Sessler.
5: By the way, I'm now wondering if I'm going to get any ooms from Greg uh, based on anything. You want the ooms? Uh, you, you need You need them. So it's it's uh, <laughs> it's something to monitor. Um, get that respect, <laughs> right? Please. I mean, the Niners are what a, a weird week because, and I realize that they've denied some of this, but D. Ford, um, Quan Alexander, come up in trade talks. Mike Lombardi cited that um, they're openly shopping Marquise Goodwin, Jaquiski uh, Tart. I mean, so there's a lot of potential movement here. They have some cap concerns. So I think that's why some of that's happening. Uh, but for me, I mean, if you're also going to move to Forrest Buckner, your defense could potentially look a lot different. So you cannot get a developmental guy um, with that pick from the Colts. I mean, that seems overtly obvious, but I think they really need a flip the switch type of guy that keeps the Super Bowl window wide open. And I, you know, mm. I don't think you need to get too crazy here. It seems to be wide receiver. And they're in a good position to get CeeDee Lamb or Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy. Um, I don't know why you would do anything other than that. And I think that when general manager John Lynch saw me walking around the combine in a, in a bathrobe, he was thinking these exact same things <laughs> all the way back then. They Got knew what that. they had to do. I mean, they could have an awesome... That feels like 100 years ago. It really does. The fact that we were even allowed to do that um, feels suspicious. Um, and maybe a- that was the heart of where we are today. That might have been the one of the pandemic um, kernels right there. I'm not sure. Back,
4: That's kernels. a new scouting term for me. Oh, Flip the switch, guys. Uh, can you unpack that one for me?
5: Well, I think you just like a guy that like suddenly their wide receiver group is one of the best in the NFC and a total headache to handle if they nailed um, the right wide receiver pick. With number thirteen. Suddenly you Kyle Shanahan could do all sorts of wonders with that.
6: Yeah. Who's their number two receiver? I mean, that's even saying Debo Samuels, your number one.
5: If you move to Marquis Kendrick Goodwin, Bourne?
6: Travis Benjamin? I know we like Kyle Shanahan, but yeah, you want Five, you want a more talented four, group than that. O no Line help too.
4: Two, yep. One. Zero.
6: We just went
1: around the, the NFC in thirty-two minutes. Good work, everybody. And um, let's not delay it he's already uh he's backstage. He's ready to go. He's wearing an old school, New Jersey nets. Oh, I love that shirt. That is let's go baby. Taking me back to here. the eighties Um spice rack. Welcome back to the around the NFL podcast. And for the first time on video, and he's still got the looks handsome guy tall You're looking guy he said he, and he even told me shaved have Go the ahead. dimples on let's his keep client. it up. <laughs> well, I What's shaved up, two buddy? days ago then you reschedule
2: me but uh it's good <laughs> to see your freaking faces I, I tell you the audio and video are a little bit uh out of sync so uh it's a little strange here but it's nice to see your faces especially my man Sessler. yeah right, right here, back at smile with it look at that smile within Mark 15 Sessler.
6: seconds he's already complained about the audio Mark quality Sessler and Ringo stars. A couple of days ago
5: <laughs> no complaints i love this guy uh yeah we want
1: to we definitely want you have have you focus so i'm sorry We're that we had more. to we had to uh rebook you uh 24 hour delay but um, we're very excited, Spice, because it's been two years since you've been on the show, and you've had some draft hits. You've had some misses. Jonathan Williams comes to mind, but you've also—you're a guy that's plugged is in. Isn't that a hit? Is, a hit? <laughs> Are you, is you Jonathan Williams no. a hit? No, <laughs> he's got
2: one. Look what the Colts did
1: last year when he was
2: pulled from the lineup. <laughs> two, he was great for two games. They pulled him. And then uh, the Colts melted down the stretch last year. It was more melted.
6: of a miss because we asked for a number of names that year, and the only one you would give us <laughs> is a fifth round running back. Like if you were, if if Bob McGinn was giving you a scouting report, you know, it'd be like really knows his stuff. You know, picks a lot of great players. Like knows a lot. And then like the the negative ones at the bottom would be like, it's total is unreliable. Some years just doesn't show up. <laughs> oh.
2: Imagine if Jonathan Williams – no, imagine if Jonathan Williams would have taken the league by storm.
5: My <laughs> reputation, imagine. which – You'd have an argument yeah. there then. Yeah.
1: Um, All right, so it let's keep – You can't powerful. write off
2: his career yet, though. Can't write off his career yet. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Let's stay topical. All
1: right, so Spice Wreck, you are a guy – we don't need uh, Spicy to tell us that Joe Burrow is good, but what we want Spicy to tell All us right. about some guys that – that he loves because I know spicy, you're not in the desert anymore and you don't even have to say where you are. uh, If you don't want to, I have no idea what you're up to these days, but you're not at the desert. Unfortunately, if you were at the desert, I'm sure a lot of people that you worked with atop of that pool are not uh, employed right now. So it's a tough situation in Vegas. Maybe you got out of there just in time. Um, But perhaps are you, are are you still tracking sports and college football as closely as you did during your Vegas (laughs) heyday?
2: Uh I'm not not out of Vegas A and B of course and you already know that of course I I watch all the sports <laughs> and right now during the uh you know the, in the, in our time of quarantine I'm following sports I never thought I'd follow uh, you know these, I Like shop. what Taiwanese what? baseball Taiwan Taiwanese baseball <laughs> Russian <laughs> ping pong uh Belarusian soccer Nicaraguan
6: <laughs> soccer who's looking good in in, Thai, in Not Taiwanese yet, but baseball.
2: If it, I wish I had the recue. I don't know. Listen, (laughs) let's take my word that I'm
1: following it. Your love of sports is as strong as it's ever been. (laughs) And so, why don't we get into it, Spicy? And we know more than to ask for a set number. I had mentioned maybe on text five or whatever, but the guys are right. Like, we'll take essentially what you got. It, so whatever you have, guys that have captured your imagination, guys that are going to be big scores, whether it's a round one guy or somebody you can get a little deeper, get us going. Name one for us.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's not exactly off the radar. Oh, thanks for the music. Uh, not exactly sure it's off the radar. But, you know, Tua Tagovailoa is about as is, is, uh, fun a college football player as I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this guy basically didn't. Uh, this is what we're doing with the clown music here. <laughs>
6: <laughs> this is. Oh, I don't I see that I don't it's clown. Clown. It's clown music. Yeah. Like it's just background music. Play the name music. of the song what is "Sugar is and Spice."
4: Oh, "Sugar and Spice."
6: So you oh, you okay. would think it'd be crazy for no, yeah. for the Dolphins to pass on him. You you would think it that would be insane.
2: At some point early on in the top 10, uh, I mean, really, I think starting to pick two teams that need a quarterback are going to be, um, they're going to have to consider, do we really want to pass this guy up? Because uh, a health situation, possibly he is um, as accurate a passer as I've ever seen. He is... um and I mean, if I can take you back to the first time I ever even heard of this guy, and it's probably the case with with many people his you know, uh, Alabama's going for the national championship against Georgia. And he's struggling or I should say uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and the team Alabama in general are struggling. Uh, Might have been 13, nothing at half, but it was one sided Georgia and uh, as a gambler that night, you told me to embrace my uh, Jimmy the Greek there, Kansas.
1: Absolutely. All the I positive, thought was
2: the only chance I have here tonight is Nick Saban making an adjustment at halftime. And he comes out in the third quarter with a freshman left-hander from Hawaii that on, most people had never heard of before. And, uh, I mean, he won him a national championship. He was He's basically been perfect from the start of that qu- third quarter through – uh, you know, up until getting hurt this past season. Well, so I, I, I mean I see a lot of, I see a lot of Drew okay.
4: What do you, you say to the skeptics? Uh our friend, your friend and mine, Cam Carey, one of them maybe, who uh might point out that your scouting report for Tua Tonga iloa sounds a lot like your scouting report for Kellen Moore when he came into the league. Another southpaw. Spice rack's well, famously uh, huge on Kellen Moore. I still am. There's a place for
2: him.
1: Somehow. Bring, Let's hit somewhere. Bring him right. off the bench.
2: <laughs> no, you know, uh, be t- Tua's got a stronger arm. Noticeably, he's more sturdily built. That's obvious. Um, you know, so it's it's a little different. I don't mind that I was wrong about Kellen Moore. I didn't write about enough guys. But oh, that, doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Tua, Tua, to me seems Tua to me seems like uh, you know a left-handed uh, Drew Brees. Mm. And uh, you know when the when that, when that thirteen when that th- uh, thirteen score uh, Lake score came out, which I understand it's it's a nineteen and that was a false report. But I I just rolled my eyes. I didn't care. He's so obviously a cerebral player. That can't be. I mean, it's that can't be questioned with a guy like Tua. He's he's, uh, so you're he's in one of on those Tua. really smart scramblers. All all he's the a way, star. He's a way. star.
1: All right, give us somebody else. Spicy I like that. We're off to a good start.
2: All right. Well, I mean, you, are you in another star or just another human?
6: Somebody you love. A draft eligible. Somebody human. you love. You're, you're on, the on everyone, everyone in the table. Someone's it's a spice spicy. guy. It's a spice guy, and your future on this show depends on it.
2: I'll tell you <laughs> <laughs>
6: The Lamar Jackson hit wasn't good enough. Okay, okay, you weren't big on just kidding. We'll just bring it it up. We'll just bring it up. You can come back, but we're going to bring it up. You know, so so it's a guy you're staking your name to,
2: Antoine Winfield Jr. Now, full full disclosure, I'm I'm biased. Uh, His his dad, probably my favorite uh, Ohio State Buckeye of all time. The as far as five, 11, 180 and eighty pound corners go, he's like he's the best tackler I've ever seen. He's the mature tackler I've ever seen as a little guy. He is Oh, I, I don't mind I'm putting that out that. there. That's that's an easy one for me. Better yep. than
6: his dad. His dad um, might be the best tackling. No, no, no. no. The, da- the dad,
2: the dad, the dad is the best I've ever seen. His ah. uh, the the kid, the ah. kid, the kid, the the prospect from Minnesota probably has uh, definitely has I would say better ball skills. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not the tackler. But definitely has that. Uh, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Mm. Just you know, just it's it's obvious when you watch him play that he was a difference maker. He was a leader, and I'm a uh, I'm an Antoine Winfield guy. I'm also so betting on him to go higher than pick 40. Antoine Winfield Senior runner.
6: was a great player.
2: I, 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 he won the Thorpe Award Wait. as a corner without without recording an interception. <laughs>
3: That's good. So do you
1: think he,
2: he, do that? Yeah. He, he, led, he led Ohio State in tackles and he played on the same team as Andy Katzimoire? I'm dating myself with the references here. <laughs> but shit. as a little guy, he didn't just stick it as a little guy, he didn't just stick his nose in there. I mean, he never he never missed a tackle. Hmm. So uh, I'm rooting for him and i I'm rooting for Antoine Winfield Jr. in a major way. Right, I am biased, that? undoubtedly biased. But he's a player and he's a proven player for a couple of years. Like, do I don't think I just me, don't uh... see him being a bust anyway. So if somebody
1: takes him in the back of the first round, you wouldn't you're not you are you are saying that's not a bad pick. You're that's fine with that. No, that's that's a not pick. a reach.
4: All right. Somebody
1: else. I, me... I feel good. This is a good one so
4: far. Yep. Let me ping you down on a polarizing guy. What do you think of Jordan Love?
1: Mm. I'm
2: out. Quarterback. I'm out on you're Jordan out? Love. He's um <laughs> He looks the part. He's 6'4, 220. You know, I think he ran a 4'7 ish uh, 40 at the combine, which is, of course, a great score for a guy his size. But in three years of starting basically every game, this guy rushed for 400 yards on two yards of carry. What? Playing at Utah State for your oh, no. Utah State. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So if you're a good athlete, you're playing on a bad, you know, or average team. You're um you would think you're you're either playing from behind or being chased on a bunch of I think back to maybe um Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt. And he didn't mm. take him over the top but you could see his skills. He he was running for his life, throwing on the run. And so I saw of a guy in Jordan Love, someone who uh instinctively I just didn't get it. He wasn't the best runner. He was safe. he was safe. He only put up one good season, which is okay. That's fine, coaching, but I just I a guy with his um, with his athleticism, he should have been able to, all right, you know, rush for three or 400 yards per season. You don't uh, like Jordan Love. In 30 games. Hey, you're out
6: on love. That's you, you're right. out.
2: You don't like Jordan Love.
1: So I want to know who you hate. Who is the guy people are pumping up and you can't stand him? You don't think he's a player at all at the top level.
2: Jordan Love's not good enough?
6: Uh, no, you don't like Jordan <laughs> I'm not, Love. I've going to tell you, you I'd, rather, I'd, rather,
2: I'd, rather, I'd rather Who else you lost you I'd money? Rather, I'd rather we guys. know that's where guys, these though.
6: all come from. Who got? Who made you money and who lost you money? That's the secret sauce for Spike. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: I, I, I can play that game, but if you want to go back to Antoine Winfield Jr. at a monster parlay. We got play, him. We got him. With, no, no, we, we got, got him. No, we do right.
4: we, we got Winfield. Can, can I, I answer another question? Fresno? Hold on, yes. let me let me ask another question here. Ohio State has a All great right. history with cornerbacks there. Genzel Ward, Marcus Lattimore.
2: Where, where is Jeff
4: Okuda stug. in the in this in this group?
2: Marshawn Lattimore. Oh he's he's a stud. Can't mess. I mean I what's the snickering for? I don't know well, Because
4: uh, I messed up Lattimore's name.
2: What's the snickering <laughs> No, I, oh, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, give me, give look, me a, he's a stud, a, he's through these part. I mean, he, he he warrants the pick. He warrants the pick. It seemed uh, it seemed pretty obvious all through last year that this is that kind of player. Nah, a, I think he'll keep, he'll keep the tradition going. Let's go, let's go, let's go quick
1: here, spicy. Give me a, like a good uh, day two guy. Who's a guy that's going to be picked up not in the first round, but you think can end up being a, a big time contributor, perhaps quickly? Is there anybody that jumps out at you? Antonio,
2: I would say Antonio Gibson from
1: Memphis. I think,
2: Ooh. I think he's a pretty, um, I think he's a pretty trendy name along that, but he's a, he's a jack of all trades. Is he, what do you think? What catch position and run. Uh, what I mean, does he play? He's just a weapon. I don't know. The, the thing is, he he's not that uh, Tyreek Hill scat back size. He's. He's he's built and runs and plays a lot like Anquan Bolden, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, he's shifty. He's not the fastest, but he's shifty and he's strong and uh, he's not looking to go down. I mean, he'll fight. He'll until the end. Um, he's bigger than that. He's bigger but than do you that. Think, do you
6: think he plays um, running back or receiver? Like which would you? I, I, I love Golden
2: too. I Are you drafting a uh, receiver? I think. Receiver. And... I think, I think okay. Yeah, he'll be a rece- he'll be a receiver that touches the ball a lot, plus the return game. Um, but I'm a fan of Antonio Gibson, and then I got to tell you, I don't know where if you're looking for one other guy, I don't I don't sure. know where he's um, slated to go. But Cole McDonald, the quarterback at Hawaii, um, I don't know if he's at fourth round, seventh round. He's on he's on the radar. He's on the radar. Like it's that. not that deep. It's not that deep. He's uh he's a tall guy. He's a pretty good athlete, and. Uh, he will Did absolutely you let it rip downfield. Yeah. <laughs> Cole. Cole, Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's he got – he's taller than these guys, but he's got some John Kitna, Jake DeLome qualities. That's what you know um, well, well, those guys weren't failures in life, but if you're That's drafting right. them in the sixth round, okay, you got yeah. a guy who's done some things. A he, good but, backup. Uh, I mean, he'll, he'll let it rip yeah. downfield. I could see him starting. I mean, Jake DeLome – Went to the Super Bowl. Went to a conference championship game. I mean, he, he didn't do nothing. So, the, um, but the, but he you know he's a tall guy. He's a decent athlete, and he'll let it rip. I mean, he'll let it rip.
1: So the guy in this draft class that you think is the absolute slam dunk home run is that Tua over even Burrow?
2: No, I mean, I, Burrow to me is an obvious uh,
1: first overall okay. pick. I don't think. Uh, and is there anyone I don't think else? anyone's
2: really in his class? I mean, he's. Pretty...
1: Before Go we ahead. say goodbye to you, Spicy and this has been a great appearance. Um, is there anybody you want to get out there? So when you hang up right now and we, and we say goodbye, you're not thinking to yourself, damn it. I can't believe I didn't mention player. X. <clears throat> well, I would just say uh, CD
2: lamb, you know, uh, again, not, not an off the radar guy by any stretch, but uh, this is one of the best wide receiver drafts of all time. I think that's been established by all kinds of people. And uh, I I feel pretty confident that he's going to be the best guy. I mean, he'll 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 be the best. He'll like be it. the best receiver from this draft. Uh, I mean, he can run past you. He can make you miss. And then for a guy with a slight frame, I mean, he's got a sort of a Chad Johnson, Isaac Bruce frame. Uh, I, I mean, he'll he'll throw a stiff arm in traffic and do it. I mean, he'll he he is really impressive with the ball in his hands. And uh, I'm betting on him mm. tomorrow night to go in the top 11 and a half. What about
1: Denzel Mims, uh, Bob Bates, DDS, Greg Rosenthal, pounding the table for the Baylor standout?
2: I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I mean I, yeah. I mean, I like him a lot. I love Justin. I love Justin Jefferson. I love Jalen Rager. There's a lot of recent, I mean, Jerry Judy is a given. Henry Ruggs, I'd, I'd, I mean, he's probably fast enough and versatile enough that he'll be, you know, he'll be a keeper, but,
3: he so was fair. pretty
2: clearly the third best. He was he was pretty clearly the third best receiver uh, at Alabama last year. All right, not so that, looks- that means you're garbage, but I'm, well, I'm, you know,
6: spicy. Just what are your thoughts about the scouts who, in Bob McGinn series, did not rank Old McDonald as one of the top twelve <laughs> quarterbacks <laughs> in the league? He is listed alphabetically <laughs> in the others section, but Old McDonald. Oh uh, I had a
2: strong opinion if i had if i had a strong opinion about a He's staying on the farm and an expert said otherwise <laughs> i'm staying on the farm hanses because you got a sexy beard that's a fact
1: Forget oh yeah Bob again. Uh, man spicy <laughs> this is best uh, best this best is best best awesome player. in fact we're never let when we do this again it will never not be on video because it just adds so much more <laughs> to the whole thing i love it we love you buddy 2000, 2000
2: 2022, lock it in. Yeah, lock yeah. it in. Are, everything
6: is everything okay with you, buddy? In Erica and- texted us during this saying, uh, "I am sweating. This is intense." <laughs> That's a, the. This is
1: a thrill ride. This is like watching speed in the theater. That doesn't the sound, like a, that doesn't sound That's
5: like a compliment. The effect that you have on women, apparently, um from what we're hearing. Yeah, what's going on? You got a girl right now?
1: You got a girl.
2: What's the question? You got a girl. You got a girl. I mean, I heard I, I heard the question. There's a few ways you can stall, and one of them is by asking, "What's the question?"
4: Radio
1: 101. Spice right. back. There you go, spicy. Thank you, buddy, and stay safe and stay well.
4: Spicy, we need we get the fire. get <laughs> the fire pit. Come back out. Keep keep the seat warm, baby. All,
1: All right, right, spicy. See you, spicy. There See you we go. It's spice Rack. What Chris Wesley, made... Desert Consigliere, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, and he, he brought it today. I thought he, he had a lot of great job. Yeah. If someone may, maybe on that subreddit, uh, when they're done breaking down Greg's speech patterns, they can give us a full listing of the guys Spicy believes in, because I think we got a – I I think he hammered off about. Seven or eight. It was a little dicey there for a while, but I think uh, we got a pretty good draft break. I, I'd
5: say this too. I thought when he opened with two, I thought we're going to get, you know, I don't know what we're going to get. You never know what you're going to get, but I, I, lo- I loved what he said about Tua. He, he offered a lot of good information on him. It was good to hear something positive about Tua. It's been a end of the draft process.
1: Not been kind to uh, Mr. Tungavailoa. Nailed it, Ricky, you, you're sweating during that. Yeah, that was, that was something else. It's good. He's good radio, though. Yeah, that was great. And not just the electricity, you
6: feel more alive, you know, when Spicy's on the screen. Yeah, I'm I'm amped up. But he
1: brings the goods. (laughs) If he didn't have the goods, if he didn't bring good analysis, it wouldn't work. But I I think that's why we bring him back.
6: It also gives us something to root for when it comes to old (laughs) McDonald. I mean,
4: I'm going to be tracking (laughs) his career. He's the new Jonathan Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Picture like 15 of those guys in the same room, and that's what it's like to hang out on the west side of Cincinnati. (laughs)
1: get (laughs) me there quick I know when we're doing we're doing our next uh, live show All right, um, that's it for our lead up to the 2020 NFL draft the next time you hear from us will be depending on what part of the world you're in but uh, we will have a a day one round one draft recap going up hopefully within about eh, let's say what do we say Ricky about two hours after the end of the first round you will have that on Uh your phone
6: Yeah, I think so.
1: In that range. Yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get recording as soon as round one ends and then get it out to everybody. And then Friday, um, that Thursday night show will stand as our Friday show. So make sure everybody, uh, listens to that because that's one of the biggest shows of the year. And then on Saturday night, uh, it only happens once a year. We will do, uh, maybe twice a year late in the regular season with these, uh, week 16 and week 17 games, but a Saturday night podcast recapping the entire draft and you know sharing some winners and losers and just having, having fun with it in times that aren't so fun. So, And then I don't know what we're going to talk about after then this. Then we're <laughs> in a little bit of hot water. Dan <laughs> <Standing> Edson <laughs> signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, and the great Spice Rack. Thank you, buddy. Till the draft.